Welcome to January 11th, and on this day in history, a lot of things have happened. What are they? That's not the subject of this podcast and newsletter, which is called Charlottesville Community Engagement. What is the subject of this podcast and newsletter? The Magic 8-Ball says, ask again later. Until then, I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, with another documentation of a few things that have happened and a look ahead to others. On today's show, the Blue Ridge Health District holds a town hall on the pandemic surge and record hospitalizations in Virginia. The sheriff of Fauquier County is Governor-elect Yunkin's choice to serve as Secretary of Public Safety and Homeland Security. More bills are pre-filed before tomorrow's start of the General Assembly, and the Albemarle Planning Commission will take up a rezoning for a hotel on Pantops at their first meeting of the year tonight. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Campaign is an initiative that wants you to grow native plants in yards, public spaces, and gardens and farms in the Northern Piedmont. Winter is here, but spring isn't too far away. And this is a great time to begin planning for those blossoms. Native plants provide habitat, food sources for wildlife, ecosystem resiliency in the face of climate change, and clean water. Start at either the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Facebook page or the Piedmont Natives Plant Database. Think spring and plan ahead. The January 22 COVID-19 surge continues with another 16,681 new cases reported this morning by the Virginia Department of Health, and the seven-day average for new cases is 17,037. Virginia set another new one-day record on Saturday with 26,175 new cases. The seven-day percent positivity has increased to 36%. Today, the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association reports another new record of COVID hospitalizations today with 3,845, with 589 of those patients in intensive care units and 328 on ventilators. That's a record for ICU patients, but today's ventilator count matches exactly one year ago today. Today, in the Blue Ridge Health District, there are 352 new cases, and the percent positivity has increased to 29.1%. Ryan McKay is the Director of Policy, Planning, and Operations for the BRHD, and he and others spoke at a town hall last night. We are currently experiencing the highest transmission of COVID since the pandemic started. Um, It's a pretty drastic increase in what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. And really what we anticipate is that it will continue to increase. McKay also said these numbers are likely an undercount as some testing is happening at home and those numbers are not reported to the Virginia Department of Health. Last week's winter weather also delayed testing events. Um, These sort of seem like numbers. The numbers seem a little bit cold, but there is a very human element to all of this in terms of individuals getting sick. There's the risk of long COVID, um, which has been proven over the course of the last two years of the pandemic. And then there are broader societal, economic, um, and infrastructure-related impacts that we're beginning to see. McKay said the key is getting people vaccinated and boosted. Dr. Michael Williams is the director of the Center for Health Policy at the University of Virginia. He said the surge is causing a strain on staff and resources. As of yesterday, there were 89 COVID patients at UVA Health. 
the ripple effects um, are work outward from the units in which we take care of these patients, which has become more than just our specialized um, units. The ripple effects work their way back into the operating room where I spend a lot of my time as a surgeon, where patients um, are having a difficult time getting cases to start that are elective. Um, and we've, we've had to prioritize patients who have diseases like cancer and heart disease that are that is unstable. Um, so to make sure that those, those, those don't get delayed. Williams said this extends to emergency rooms and urgent care facilities, which are also feeling the strain during this surge. People are asked not to go to the hospital to get a COVID test. Honestly, if you come to our ED right now at UVA Health for a COVID test, and that's the only reason you're there, you will wait and you will wait and you will wait um, because there are people who are actually sick with any number of things. Williams said people who need a PCR test should visit their primary care physician or visit a testing center. Dr. Tyson Bell spends a lot of time in the intensive care units at UVA and never expected that he would be seeing a record number of COVID patients this far into the pandemic. When a patient does have COVID, we do have to manage them differently regardless of what their underlying problem is. So we have to put them in isolation so that they don't transmit to other people. Sometimes when they need to be discharged, they're um, a rehab facility, uh, may not uh, clear them for transfer until they have a negative COVID test. So patients stay in the hospital longer, they demand more resources. That makes it harder overall to take care of these patients and it puts the strain on the system. Dr. Bell said the Omicron variant has led to infections in people who are vaccinated and boosted, and he explained why. First, the vaccines were specifically designed to prevent serious illness, and they've continued to do that consistently. Uh, we were spoiled early on because they were so effective when it comes to preventing infection. Um, but, you know, Omicron has proved to be a very challenging variant. It, it has, you know, really uh, shown an ability to try to get over those initial hurdles. But that backstop of preventing you from getting seriously ill is still holding uh, firm. Dr. Bell, however, said most of his patients are still unvaccinated, and he encourages everyone to get their shots, get their booster, and continue to wear masks. You know, we can expect more people will get infected, but if we're vaccinated and boosted, we can keep people out of the hospital. We can keep the strain off of the healthcare system. The first meeting of the Albemarle Planning Commission begins tonight at 6 p.m., and two of the items on the agenda are public hearings to clear the way for a hotel on Pantops on US 250, just to the west of the Rivanna Ridge Shopping Center. The matter went before the Pantops Community Advisory Committee for an update at their meeting in November. Andy Reidelbach is a senior planner with Albemarle County. So the applicant has submitted this application to request to amend their application, the application plan and the proffers that are associated with two previous rezonings. The amendments are needed to allow the use of a hotel, which was not anticipated in the rezoning in the late 90s that created the Rivanna Ridge Shopping Center. Project is in the Rivanna Magisterial District and the parcel is um, a little over 2.6 acres in size. The plan has not changed since it was before the CAC at a community meeting in January. One aspect of the plan is that left turns onto US 250 from the hotel will not be permitted. Justin Shimp is the civil engineer for the project. Some of you all are aware VDOT is getting ready to put a comedian up Route 250, basically all the way from Wawa up to uh, top of the mountain. And that will restrict 
our ability to make a full like a left turn out of our site. The Albemarle County Planning Commission meets virtually at 6 p.m. tonight and has two new voting members in Fred Missile and Luis Carrizana. Missile is Director of Design and Development at the University of Virginia Foundation, and Carrizana is the Associate Architect of the University of Virginia. Uh, we need to have a motion to go into closed session. At publication uh, time, City Council in is in closed past, session to Hill, interview prospective candidates here. for the interim city manager position. I move that we go into closed session. For purposes of discussing for candidates for employment. Late last year, the city hired the Robert Bob Group to provide internal staff to perform the duties of city manager for the city. I sent your closed meeting motion about a half an hour ago. There's some magic words that need to be read. During the closed session, they are meeting with Bob directly. Stay tuned until tomorrow's edition for any potential news. Until then, here's how a closed motion sounds. I have the motion open so I can just read it. I move Go that pursuant it. to section 2.2-3712 of the Virginia Code, I hereby move that the City Council close this open meeting and convene within a closed meeting as authorized by Virginia Code section 2.2-3711A1 and A8 for discussion, consideration, or interviews or one of more prospective candidates proposed by the Robert Bob Group to perform the duties of interim city manager and for consultation with legal counsel regarding implementation of the contract with the Robert Bob Group. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement for January 11th, 2022, or whenever you're hearing it. And now it's time for today's second Patreon-fueled shout-out. With winter weather here, now is the time to think about keeping your family warm through the cold Virginia months. Make sure you are getting the most out of your home with help from your local energy nonprofit, LEAP. LEAP wants you and yours to keep comfortable all year round and offers free home weatherization to income and age-qualifying residents. If you're age 60 or older, or have an annual household income of less than $74,950, you may qualify for a free energy assessment and home energy improvements, such as insulation and air sealing. Sign up today to lower your energy bills, increase comfort, and reduce energy waste at home. Two segments today to close out, and they are both statewide. Governor-elect Glenn Youngkin has selected the sheriff of Fauquier County to serve as the next Secretary of Public Safety and Homeland Security. That person oversees the Virginia Alcoholic Beverage Control Authority, the Virginia Department of Corrections, the Department of Criminal Justice Services, the Department of Emergency Management, and the Director of Fire Programs. Robert Mosier was elected in November 2015 to serve Fauquier County, and according to the press release, he embraced new technologies for the enforcement of criminal, illegal drug, and gang activities, modern traffic safety concepts, enhancement of school safety, and better partnerships with the community. Mosier has been in law enforcement since he was 19, and Youngkin said he will lead efforts to increase pay and to fully fund police departments across Virginia. Youngkin is quoted in the release. Together, we will protect qualified immunity and on day one, fire the parole board. You can learn more about Mosier on the Fauquier County website. Inauguration Day is in four days. The General Assembly session begins tomorrow, and the trickle of pre-filed bills has turned into more of a torrent. 
Here are some highlights from recent days. Delegate Marie March, a Republican from the 7th District, has a bill requiring localities to post copies of their elected body's minutes on a website seven days after they are officially approved. March also wants the state to create one single central database for all public records. March has filed another bill limiting a governor's emergency declaration to a 45-day period and limiting their power. This appears to be a commonality between Republican legislators, as Delegate Kathy Byron, a Republican from the 22nd District, has a similar bill, and another that would require the General Assembly to take action on any emergency rule after a 45-day period. Delegate March also wants people who were injured on the job to be required to take a drug test. Delegate Candy Munden King wants to amend the Virginia Residential Landlord and Tenant Act to require fingerprinting of all employees of companies that have more than four rental units. The last General Assembly adopted a law requiring all municipal elections to be held in November, but a bill from Roanoke Delegate David Sutterlein would apply that only to municipalities over 200,000 people. Delegate Chris Runyon, a Republican of the 25th District, has a bill to replace the charter for the town of Grottoes in Rockingham County. This is similar to a bill filed by Senator Emmett Hanger. Delegate Margaret Ransone, a Republican from the 99th District, has legislation that would take the ability of the town council of Colonial Beach to fire the police chief and give that power to the town manager. Ransone has another bill that would repeal provisions that are set to seal criminal records in some instances. Delegate Barry Knight has a bill that would authorize the issuance of $101 million in bonds to fund projects at James Madison University and Virginia Tech. Delegate Daniel Marshall would repeal the state's minimum wage increase that is set to go to $11 an hour this year and increasing in subsequent years. Marshall has another bill that would allow localities to require screening of solar facilities from secondary roads. Delegate Robert Bloxham has a bill that would place limits on campaign contributions, another common theme this year. Another common thread is Republican desire to place restrictions on absentee ballots, and Bloxham is advancing several in three bills. Delegate Ransone has a bill to repeal a provision that would allow voter registration up to and including Election Day. Bloxham would also create the Forest Sustainability Fund. Finally today, Delegate Jeffrey Campbell, a Republican from the 6th District in Southwest Virginia, has a bill that would create the Nitrile Glove Manufacturing Training Grant Program, which would support the recruitment and training needs of Nitrile Glove Manufacturing Companies located in the Mount Rogers Planning District. More bills tomorrow, hopefully. And that's it for today's program for January 11th, 22, which either goes by 1-11-22 or 11-1-22, depending on what side of the Atlantic you are on. Unless you're from Canada. I think they do it that way in Canada, too. Anyway, that is not really important right now. But what is important? Well, what is tremendously important that you might potentially support this program? The best way to do that is, of course, to forward it on to somebody else. If you like the podcast, please tell someone about the podcast. Tell me if you like the podcast. Really do like feedback. Other ways you can support the program are all obtainable at infoseville.com. 
In short, they are, you can subscribe through Substack, which the company Ting will match that amount. You can support me through Patreon. And if you do that at the $10 a level, you get a special weekly podcast that is a little different from this one. And if you like podcasts, it is a little different. And if you ask me nicely, I'll send you a preview of this week's so you can hear um, how I have fun with that. This is Charlottesville Community Engagement, and I am Sean Tubbs, and I will be back tomorrow with another installment. In the meantime, stay safe, stay out of COVID's way, and do whatever you need to do to make sure that your family is secure. And if you don't have a family, uh, that's okay, too. I don't. It's perfectly fine. Thank you so much for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye.